Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1399 of the Lockdown Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Thursday evening into Friday. And today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs tells you the most qualified candidates that you want to talk to, and they help you to do it faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. And today's show is myself and my friend, Tower Jones. This is actually going to be part two of two. So if you missed part one, I encourage you to go to the top of this podcast, uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, anywhere you might find it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. This is going to be part two. So part one was a free-flowing conversation, as we always have, between myself and Tyler. And part two, picks up on that right in the middle of things. So part one should be listened to first. But no matter what, we had fun talking about the Hawks and the current state of affairs with Atlanta. AJ Griffin talk coming on the podcast, Jalen Johnson, etc. Deadline stuff. State of the roster, state of the team overall, and we always have fun when we talk about the Hawks in this space between myself and Tower. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back after an intro, and we'll dive back in for part two with Tower Jones. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I have a couple things to ask you about the about the future, and uh, we can kind of view it through the prism of the front office stuff if you want. You know, it's kind of one of those things that I've talked about a lot, but we'll never know all of it, even people that are plugged in. But since the Travis Slank news broke on December 21st, like five weeks away from that, uh, you had the same epic piece about two weeks ago about the athletic structure. Uh, sorry, about the front office structure from the athletic. And uh, did you notice that last week or so the Hawks went on a full PR blitz? I know you're not in Atlanta like I am, but they were they had Landry and Kyle out there a lot for about a three or four day period. And they're trying to say, you know, here we are. We're young. We uh, you know, we, we we are young. They're acknowledging that. But they, they have this, uh, this. They're very pro player as two former players. They talked about wanting to hire former players. They want to be, uh, you know, you know, catering to players, all, all that stuff. and Like have a good atmosphere for players and, um, you know, talking about the trade deadline and. It's tough to talk about that because of the, of, the, of the tax that we talked about a million times. But I wonder from a more outsider view than I have what you're thinking, because there's the Nick Ressler stuff that has not gone over well publicly. And I think that was kind of bubbling before it all broke publicly. And now it's out there and it's been a punchline nationally. I've gotten I cannot tell you how many texts, messages, DMs from people around the league that work for teams or that are writers. They're like making fun of the wrestler situation because it's an easy thing to make fun of. Um but I, I want to know what you think on the outside um, as a, a fan perspective, all, all that stuff. Like, where are we at with the front office, man? It's been a, kind of a weird month plus. Well, has it? <laughs> I guess the bright side Long is time. it hasn't really it hasn't really changed that much. You know, this is kind of what this ownership group has always done uh, since he bought the team. If things go poorly. He's got to take control from his basketball people and make the decisions. And so I don't know, man. I I just like to me, like the lack of like the lack of experience, not just basketball experience, but like genuine work experience, because it's from this front office group is going to be tough to overcome because there are 29 other NBA teams that are trying to build the best team possible. And it's a zero like. Basketball, the sport of basketball is a like NBA basketball is a zero sum game. There's a finite amount of players. It's a finite amount of money, you know. And when you when you lose so, such like Travis Slank is a veteran. Like he's been in the he's been in the NBA 
Oh, he's an NBA lifer that, you know, that's a voice lost. That's a voice in a room lost. Like, and that's a, a guy who has perspective and like who, who can make, you know, and has relationships with other teams around the NBA. Now we have these fresh baby face guys. I mean, even excluding Nick Russell's for the side, the, the forward facing people, which is Landry Fields and Kyle Corver. Like they, I mean, they were former players, but it's different talking to agents. It's different talking to other teams as a as a as a as a member of an organization. Like it's just a different environment that all these guys are in, and they're gonna have to work through a lot of work through a lot of issues while also having to deal with the fact that you know they're never gonna pay the tax apparently. Um, and well, I, I will say I I don't know if it's never I. This year, I've been saying since before most people that they weren't paying the tax this year and they're not going to pay it. I don't so, know if it's never, but yeah. You know. When are when are they ever going to pay the tax if you're going to trade for a guy who on his next contract is going to make the max, maximum amount possible, probably? Who's or, currently or at least close. 16 million? He's making currently only $16 million a season. Yeah, sixteen and a half and, this year for for Dejounte, and seventeen point seven next year for Dejounte. And you, so during these two periods, you actually have an opportunity for a lower tax bill. Uh, like to me, this is how I'm looking at. It. I'm like, you you try to upgrade your talent. Like you 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 trade a gallon or you trade one rotation player for another, but you get a a you know that massive talent upgrade. But then you you let two key rotation players just go for nothing and Kevin Herter well Kevin Herter they got a pick back and but you let Dylan Dylan Wright walk without giving him like I still haven't heard if the Hawks even offered Dylan Wright a competitive offer and I, like you look, you look at the structure of the Hawks right now it's very difficult to look at this team and be like they are literally just they just need another rotation player and if they had two more rotation players guess what you could do you could trade for another guy who might fit better on your team, like you would have options, but they cut themselves at the knees here because the owner's like, no, on the tax. I'm like, so if you're not going to do it now, when you have all these good players on this, because like this team is going to look differently next year. Like it, it's just, it probably will. And like to your point about the lawn, like I know that one, that one went under the radar over the summer because Herder got the attention, and that I get all that. Um, I I I heard, and I'm, this is not I'm, I'm not Woj, but. I don't think the Hawks made an offer in the range that he signed. I think they would have signed him back at a price of some kind. I don't believe it was uh, even particularly close to what he got from the Wizards, which means he was never going to come back because the Wizards didn't give him that much money. Right. It was two for 16. And DeLon gave an interview. uh, I think it was like in November or something. And he was just, it wasn't bad. He wasn't killing the Hawks, but he, he just acknowledged that like he, he didn't play very much in the first half of the season last year. And he didn't have a big role. And I think that was part of it too. Like, why would he have assumed that he was going to suddenly play more coming back to Atlanta? So I think the Hawks were going to have to like, at minimum, match the price. They were never going to get a discount on DeLon Wright, which they shouldn't have. Like, why would DeLon have signed for a discount? That's just what it is. So, but yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I brought front office, obviously, is because the deadline, as we're talking right now, is two weeks from today. And everyone knows, I think by this point, if they don't, we'll tell them again, the Hawks are at least a player short. They might be two players short in depth. They, they just don't have the depth. And like, I was somewhat optimistic that Justin Holiday could maybe help them. He's not helped them very much. Um, 
Aaron Holiday has been okay for a minimum guy. Like Aaron Holiday has done what he's supposed to do for for, for a minimum size. Aaron Holiday is perfectly fine if he's your eleventh man, and that's you know, what he should be, or even your late tenth man. Well, like and a he's guy, a guy in the minimum, the pace, a guy in the minimum. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be supposed to be your eleventh man or twelfth man, and like that is the problem. That's one of the problems with this tax avoidance is that you're relying on a guy. And yeah, your backup point guard is Ajante. We talked about that in, earlier in the podcast. But Aaron Holiday has clear strengths and clear weaknesses. And that's why he was available for the minimum. And that's fine. Aaron Holiday on the minimum is a good signing. That was a good contract. But there's not there's there's nights when you don't want to you don't have to play Aaron Holiday. And right now they kind of have to play him most of the time. And on the wing, you get an injury to DeAndre Hunter, who by the way has been pretty good. We're not gonna we don't have to do the whole the whole hunter thing, but like He's had a pretty decent season. He's been fine. He's not been incredible, but he's, he's had a pretty, pretty decent year. And it becomes so glaring when he's out for two games that the Hawks have no one like him on the roster. No one like him in terms of what his skill set is. Like, they don't have that guy. And, in, yeah. like, it was supposed to be, I guess, Justin Holiday, But, like, Justin Holiday, even if he was the good version of Justin Holiday, is a lot skinnier, a lot slighter than DeAndre. doesn't create anything offensively for you in the way that DeAndre does. So, like, even if you're healthy, which we've talked about this too, but you can't build a team assuming you're going to be healthy every every single game of the season. And you you can't do that. But even even if they are healthy, they could still use another guy. But if you get one injury, then you really need another guy. You get two injuries, then you're in desperate shape. So the easy way without doing anything major – to shake up the roster and add another piece of depth would be to trade Justin Holiday plus a pick for someone. Now, it's not going to be a sexy name, but it's going to be you, you could do that. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. And as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know success in 2023 is all dependent on team members that you surround yourself with. That's why I've checked out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs can you find qualified candidates more efficiently by matching your open roles with people that have the qualified skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. I've used them a few times, LinkedIn Jobs and Hire in the past. It's proven to be an awesome resource for me that makes the entire hiring process easy and painless. They help you to quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. And they make it easy to screen rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one place platform that go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job post, your company, and their millions of member profiles, but your post in front of a lot of people at the same time quickly, and they do it for free. Having people around you that you need is huge. Admit your goals this year, so you'll be wise to check out LinkedIn Jobs and Small businesses around LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires, but compared to leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs might find the most qualified candidates for you that you actually want to talk to, and they help you to do it faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LawtonNBA. One more time, that is linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Terms and conditions apply. Or you could go the more drastic route. You could put Bogey out there. Bogey's got a player option for next year. He's not looked great this year. You got AJ. Um, I, I think if you're another team, you're probably – Valuing bogey is maybe a neutral, maybe a negative. So that's not going to be a huge like windfall coming back. And then you get the Collins thing, which we talked about a million times. But I think if they're serious about trying to win now, and look, they're the AC at this moment. Does that mean they're going to be buying? I don't know. That's the number one question I'm getting right now, probably on radio interviews. It's like, are the Hawks buyers or sellers? It's like, is they're anybody, not sellers. Well, first of all, I'm not sure if anybody's a seller. Well, that's the thing. So and the Hawks aren't going to sell. Hard, I mean, I, I, I actually think and I have not made this argument, and I, and I probably won't. I think there you could form an argument that the Hawks maybe should sell, but they're not going to, and that's that's not going to happen. So the options are stay pat 
or kind of buy. Cause like really buying is either you make kind of a blockbuster, put multiple guys together deal, or you say, all right, big tone, we're going to the tax. And those things are not going to happen. I don't think so. Like it's more likely going to be a deal where you, maybe they finally move John and they probably get worse in the process or they, maybe get ahead of it and trade bogey for a piece that's different from bogey. Um, you know, maybe the, one of those like Jay Crowder kind of deals or Justin holiday and the Kings pick becomes player X player X. Yeah. And the thing with that, the limitation about that though, is not to belabor the point too much. Holiday only makes like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking now it's about $6.3 million and the Hawks are only a little bit under the tax line. So if you're going to trade Justin Holiday, and only Justin Holiday, you can't take back a lot of money unless you're going to go on the tax. So that limits your pool because now you're looking at like guys on rookie scale contracts. Like I had somebody. That, I'm not saying this is a real thing, but I had a fan today just was like, "How about Justin Holiday and a pick Walker?" And it's like, I mean, that's not going to that would help you, but the Lakers aren't going to do that. And like that's the that's the area of player we're talking about is Lonnie Walker. But like, like honestly, like Justin Holiday. They weren't. They were never going to do this. But like Justin Holiday for like a Rui Hachimura type of, I don't know well, how that, much. That's Rui what. I, that's what. Like, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That would. That's what they need to be looking for. Like they need to be looking for a, quote unquote, not a bust, but like a guy who, a guy who's not going to be a starter. For you. Star. He's no, not going to be a starter. I, I, he's not in the rotation anymore for a team, but he still has talent. Yeah. Like they need to look. They need to look for somebody younger than Justin Holiday who can help. Like who could just. Who can get out on the floor? Like Lonnie Walker is actually a good example. Like just somebody, if there's an injury, you could throw out there for five to eight minutes and it not be the end of the world. Which is and that that wasn't like that wasn't like a rumor or anything. That's just a made up trade. But like Rui is a good example of like I don't I don't love Rui. I never have. But Rui is a guy who was like a distressed asset in Washington. Like they wanted to trade him. They want to keep Kuzma by all accounts, and like they could go out and get that guy for like. The Lakers probably overpaid, I think, for Rui. It was three seconds. They're kind of bad seconds, so it's like whatever. But if the Hawks had offered a similar deal, so basically it would have been Kendrick Nunn, Kendrick Nunn for Justin Holiday in the Kendrick Nunn role, plus either a good second or that Kings pick that's a protected first, that's a better deal for the Wizards than what they actually got. Yeah. I'm not sure the Hawks – in fact, I'm pretty sure they, they wouldn't do that. that. Hawks, wouldn't, Hawks wouldn't do that. But well, it, and plus it, but and they, Rui's a four and all that, you know, and all that stuff. But like, you know – Jay Crowder is a name that I've said all along. I don't, I'm not enthused by Jay Crowder. He's from here. I get all that. He would probably help them. He was just somehow on the roster, but he's a four. Like he hasn't played basketball in a long time. Like that's more of a question mark move than anything else. Like, I don't know who the player is. That's the hardest part about this. When you're asked about it is like, I don't have a great idea for you. I mean, honestly, that player, that player is not available. Like the player that the Hawks need, they were on the team. They let him go. Like that's that's real. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Herder would have helped. Yeah, I mean, Herder would have would be great. Like it's just, I mean, Delon Wright would been great, and obviously Delon Wright is, is not Delon as good Wright, as, yeah. as much as I love Delon Wright. He's not as good as Kevin Herder, but Delon Wright is twenty percent better than Aaron Holiday, and bigger and more versatile, and like that's a that'd be a really helpful piece right now because he can play the wing for you, he can handle the ball for you a little bit uh, more than Aaron can, um, and it's not to be even. The thing is though, like. If we're being a hundred percent honest, what they the the spot that they need to turn Justin Holiday into if they were going to do that kind of marginal move is a guy at the three, really like a yeah. backup 
And those guys is what every single team in the league wants. Every team in the league wants a three. Like, so if you're a guy, like, but the Bucks are calling on everybody like that. And like every team is looking for that magical player off the scrap heap or off somebody's bench or a second draft guy or whatever. It's going to be like, that's the obvious move. And look, if the Hawks want to use a first to do that, they could probably get that done. If you trade Justin Holiday and the Kings pick, or Justin Holiday and your own pick this year, which is their those are really the two picks they can trade right now, are the Kings pick or their own pick this year because they still have their pick this year, which the Hawks pick isn't interesting this year. Anyway, if they want to offer that to somebody, that's a pretty good package because that that pick that first round pick is really valuable. Justin Holiday's expiring, so like if they wanted to be aggressive, they could, but it's the player. Like who is the player? Because they have to be kind of cheap, or you're in the tax, and they're not going to do that. Yeah, it's it's the cheap part that's really that's really going to hurt them here, and it just goes. Or, or, or it's bogey. By the way, we should always mention or it's or it's bogey because, like, more practically, you and I would not trade John Collins. One of the ways they could change the team is to trade John, and that's still when I talk to people, that's still the most likely major move would be to trade John. And that's I, I, I think now versus a month ago, I think the chances they trade John are lower than I thought earlier in the year. I really do. But they're still it's really vibes based. It's it, it is. It's all well, vibes. And, and this and, is this is what this is what Hawks fans actually need to understand. This team is ran on vibes. <laughs> it really and is. And like, well, okay, Brad, so Brad is laughing. I'm it's dead true. serious. No, it, no, it's, if it, the it, vibes are good, they're not going to do anything at the trade deadline. Well, we were it we were. I, what happens. I, I was around them at the end of the at the end of the winning streak. Right? They went they went five games in a row, and it was like a different basketball team. And that's the way the NBA is a lot in a lot of places. I'm not saying this is only the Hawks, but when you suddenly win every game for 10 days, everybody's in a better mood. They're talking to the media better. Like Nate's kind of smiling a little bit, which never happens. The front office guys are happier. It is what it is. And I know you're gonna remember this, but you remember you remember 2017? You remember when you remember the Dwight year? They won five, they won five, they won five games in a row, famously. This this got reported. It's not like this is not a secret. It's got reported. They won five games in a row. That, that team was not very good, but they got hot right before the deadline. And that was Tony had just come in recently. And Tony famously, they took a deal to, uh, uh, to trade Paul Millsap to Tony. And, to, and Tony said no, because they were winning all of a sudden. And this is different from that. I'm not saying it isn't, but like it has the same vibe. If, if the Hawks were to go out now, especially with the schedule that they have coming up, which is pretty difficult, actually, if they were to win a bunch between now and two weeks from today on Thursday and on Thursday, the 9th of February, they are a lot less likely to make a trade. If they go out in the next however many games, six, seven games over the next two weeks and go one and six, the vibes get worse. And now they're more likely to trade John or they're more likely to do something drastic. So it shouldn't be that simple, but it really might be. Like, I, I think it, it's it, it, undeniably, it the way they play this, in the I next mean, two the, weeks impacts this everything. There's no denying it. The, the, the John Collins rumor mill, like you can tell how good or bad the vibes are by the John Collins rumor mill. When it's heating up, you know the Hawks are struggling. When it's quiet, like oh, they might keep them. They're good because you it's know got, it's a certain, gotten quieter. A certain, right a certain owner, a certain owner isn't putting pressure on on everybody to win games because like the problem is the owner of the team is very impatient and he's very impulsive. Like he's a very impulsive person. That's, so when the vibes are bad. When the vibes are bad, he's going to be clamoring for big changes, which is what they did in this offseason after a disappointing season last year. You know, it, it, he's very vibes-based. 
which is kudos to him and his son, you know. Um, I, I don't, based. I, you know, it's it's going to be, and like to me, I, you know, I made this point on Twitter, it's, it's going to be tough for the Hawks to, like, assuming, you know, we're all, Nate's probably not going to be back next season. I have I have said that I believe it. I've never said definitely because I would never this, say definitely. Understands it. Probably. This is this is me saying this purely based on the vibes. Nate's probably <laughs> Nate probably doesn't want to do this anymore. How the Hawks aren't going to get any top flight? Why would any top flight coach want to come to, for this team that's ran by a guy? If I go on a three game losing streak, he's going to be yelling at me to start. You know, some rookie. Or you know, or do something else differently. Like, it, it, nobody wants to hear that. And then also, like they they're looking for a more senior exec. And it's like, good luck. They everybody knows who, who runs the team. It, you know, it's not not Landry Fields. Uh, I'm sorry. Like, they they can give Landry whatever title he wants. Corver being named assistant GM. You know, you know, basically three days after being a coach slash player development slash, you know. I'm here for the, you know, I'm here for the vibes too. He was, now he was, he's assistant he, GM. It's, Kyle it's was hired really in this weird. very, very hybrid role. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's a fast rise. Like Kyle is really respected around the league. I'll say that. Like everybody loves Kyle, Kyle. Kyle's a great guy. I love Kyle, but it's like, but it's just, it's interesting. Like the whole situation is, and to bring it all around about the, about, about the deadline is that I have a lot less confidence in what, what I'm going to say and what I'm going to predict because nobody knows what this group is going to do. The NFL playoffs are ongoing, and we are very excited about our new sportsbook partner for the Lockdown Podcast Network, and that is the number one sportsbook in America. That is FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features to make sports betting fun and easy for you, and new customers can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on, and FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money lines to point spreads to totals, game props, player props, and much more. Plus, you combine, your, you combine your bets together for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Championship Sunday is coming up in the NFL with two games projected to be very, very close on Sunday between the Chiefs and the Bengals, as well as the Niners and Eagles. Plus, all the stuff with the Hawks that you are looking for, including Saturday's game against the Clippers, it's all there at FanDuel. You can do it all in an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Football fans, basketball fans, don't miss out on this offer from FanDuel. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now, Tony is a different, Tony is a more proven entity. Like, he's been the owner of the team for more than a half decade. Landry Fields has never been the number one decision maker. Kyle's never been in this role. They don't have an old head in the front office. It doesn't exist. They, they tried to hire Chris Grant reportedly. Chris Grant didn't want to do it. That was that came out from uh, I think it was Windhorse this week. So like Chris Grant have, with his ba- Chris Grant with his baggage turned down a that, senior it, executive role. It, I need exactly, to understand exactly understand how how dire it is in Atlanta. Like, so all that like all that said like it's really hard to predict, especially trade stuff like Travis. I had a decent read on Travis like I, from talking to Travis from also just looking at what he did and cause he had a record of, of moves as a GM. Like it's hard to attribute stuff to a guy as a number two, or number three, Travis was not the decision maker in golden state. So you never want to attribute everything to him. Like when he, when he came to Atlanta, people were like, well, he did this, this, and this I'm like, well, he was in that front office. You don't, you never know. But when he was here, I had a, you know, I, I wasn't gonna tell you that I could predict everything he was going to do, but there was stuff that like felt like Travis. 
I don't know what that is for Landry Fields. How could I? There's no way. I mean, I've talked to Landry Fields. Like, I think Landry Fields is a smart guy. I think Kyle Korver is a smart guy. I have no clue what they want to do right now. Then you throw in the Nick Ressler piece. Then you throw in the tax. You throw in Tony. And, like, all due respect, like, I'm not – I'm not Woj. I don't have a source to tell me right now what they're going to do. And I don't think anybody knows. But one thing, it's a lot quieter now in general. The Collins stuff is quieter. Um, there was a little bit of bogey stuff when he came back. That's been quieter. Like, we're all just talking about, like, I'm reasonably informed. But it's educated guesses at this point. Like, maybe it'll change in the next two weeks. I'm sure they're going to start leaking a little bit more because every every team leaks on some level in the next, in the next couple weeks, posturing or whatever. But – it's going to come down to how well they're playing. What, and I would, I would love to know more than almost anything right now, if Tony is thinking about the tax for next year, because if you look at it and I'm, I'm going to avoid the nerd, the nerd stuff right now, a ton, but if they don't do anything next, if they don't do anything at all and just go into the summer with the same roster, they're at the tax line for next year without adding, without adding another thing to the team. And that's with and that's without uh, Justin Holiday. That's without Aaron Holiday and whoever Kaminsky or whatever. Like if they just run it back with they'll have nine guys on the team. That's that's assuming Bogey opts in, which I think I think he probably will. It's not not for sure, but probably will. Like there's no. I think there's there's this thought in, in the fan base where like, oh well, we'll get him in the summer. Like nah, man, they don't have anything to get him in the summer unless they're gonna go to the tax. Like they'll have the mid level if they want to use it, but they had the mid level this year. They didn't use it, so. The one thing you can do other than draft, obviously draft matters, and they, they, they found AJ. Like, very least, they found AJ. That's a future building block. Great draft pick. But we're at the time now where the rebuild is over. They're in this mode now where, like, you can't just – there's no free agency. You can work on the margins of free agency, but your big moves, your franchise-changing moves, when you are at this place, either in the middle of the league or the top of the league, have to be trades or internal development. And – they made a big trade last summer, and now they're in the same place they were in a year ago. Now, the, the roster is different, the, yeah. but they're in the same exact place in the standings. They're at 500. And, I, and, I, like they, and here's the thing. And here's the thing. I'm pretty sure multiple basketball execs for the Hawks who work within the organization told these guys who made the decision to trade for DeJounte. It's not like DeJounte. They didn't say DeJounte is not a great player. They just said this isn't going to change anything. This or it's not, not going to change everything. Like, it's not it, going to change everything. It's it, going it, it, yeah, it changed some stuff, and I I think this roster has more talent. Has more absolutely. Dejounte does a lot more things than they, the guys they had before. I'm not John. John it's not about Dejounte. I think people think that I don't like Dejounte. It's not. It's not the case at all. Dejounte is a good player. He's just not. I never thought that he was like. He's not going to change your team. He's not a game changer. He's a good player. He's a top forty guy in the league, something like that. He's a good player, but like. You throw, you're able to throw the the term all star on a press release because he was because he was injury replacement last year. If you poll people in the league, again, this is not negative, but no one views him as an all star. No one yeah. like he's you throw the, you throw the term all star out there and just as a reference to like a tier of player, he's not in that tier of player, and that's okay. He's in the next tier below that, and that's a really good place to be, man. And like he's making he's making not that much money right now, but you said it earlier. He's gonna be asking for the max after next season, and he should. Ask for the max. He's a max player. Max player versus all star are different. <laughs> That's a very different thing. So I don't know. It's and look, they also have time. Like they could be getting better. They've been playing better as we talked about at the very beginning of this, of this conversation. They've, They've been, been playing, playing better. better. If they 
And the, the good things to me ultimately is this for this season, just on the court. Off the court, like, there's a lot of stuff I just – I can't get a read on because I don't know these guys or what they're going to do or what – Nobody can get a read on it. I'm telling you, like, I, 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 I'm it's not tough. saying it's I'm, tough. I'm, it's also It's also tough because it's like, I mean, his son – Kind of has a lot of say in the organization. Nick, and it's Nick like, has a lot of has a lot of power. And look, I I won't claim to know every single thing on the inside, but even before the reporting came out, it was around in the league that Nick had a lot of say. And it was it was the it was the open secret of the NBA that you know that you know other teams you know people within the league will talk about is yeah. that Travis Schlenk is handcuffed because a the tax and then b. He's got to I mean, do with this. We, we this talked situation. about it. we talked about it um, on the show. I know I talked about it on the show briefly when uh, I think it was Jeff Schultz wrote something and the Amic thing, and it was all coming out in a few days. It was reported that Travis that Travis Schlenk, who was the president of basketball operations, making millions of dollars a year, Mi- was millions was millions millions very seven high figures still per year. Yeah, one of the high paid high Mi- paid yeah. executives in the NBA. Certainly, one of the top half of executives in the league at minimum. It was reported that he didn't that he was not really on board with the Murray trade. That that shouldn't happen when you're number one executive. So in theory, on paper, the organizational structure for the Hawks until December 22nd was Tony Ressler. Travis Schlenk on the basketball side. Obviously, Steve Coonan has business has is the is the business head CEO, but on the basketball side, the only person that, uh, above Travis Schlenk was Tony Ressler. And Travis Schlenk was supposed to be the main decision maker. It was reported, and I I don't know this. I didn't confirm it. It was reported that Travis was not really all in on the Murray trade. If your lead decision maker doesn't want to do a trade, you don't do the trade, except for when this happened. So it's just a weird situation. Like, and now. It's a little bit less clear, even like Landry Fields is the GM, which is a lower. Now he's number one decision maker on paper, but GM has less power on paper than President of Basketball Operations. So he's closer to his underlings, however you want to say that, subordinates yeah. than than Travis was, um, and nobody's above him. So it's like kind of the same structure, but it's kind of not. So we just don't know. Long long story short, maybe Jeff Schultz knows. He's got great sources around the league. Uh, maybe somebody nationally knows. Sam Amick's been really plugged in recently with the Hawks. But I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I'm pretty confident they're not, not going to sell. I'm pretty confident they're not going to go in the tax. Those are my two takes right now. It's like there was this school of thought now because especially when the, especially before the winning streak, I saw a lot of go ahead and start tanking stuff from fans. Just frustration. I get that. They're not doing that. That ain't happening. You got Trey on the roster. You're not, you're not tanking. And now, if Trey suddenly was gone for three months for an injury, I'm knocking on wood. We don't want that to happen. If Trey was suddenly gone, I would be calling for them to do that. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys, turn, turn, turn it down. Turn but, it down, yeah. But unless that happens, and also, and we don't have to do this, I promise, there's enough – buzz about trey where like you don't <laughs> want to suddenly you, you you don't want to suddenly be trying to talk your superstar into uh into a rebuild right now in the middle of this when he could ask out any moment. i'm not saying he's going to and i've pushed back on that like people, that people is, i gotta say the the buzz with trey young asking out is one of the most now aggressive, okay aggressive. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make fun of this a little bit right now go ahead uh Eric, Eric Pincus, who is a smart guy, Bleacher Report, good cap guy, he reported it was it was an anonymous source, 
this week at Bleacher Report that said something like, I believe Trey Young might ask out at the end of the season. And that's like, that's not a report. Like, it's, I, I, I promise you, Tyler, right now, I could text someone in the league and print their quote that would look like, like that quote. You know what I mean? It would be yeah, not yeah. hard to do. I'm not going to do that. And that became, I got 10 texts in an hour. Like, did you see this thing about Trey? I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, Trey's I saw it. Now? Trey's not, I don't, from what I understand, I don't think Trey is anywhere close to asking out. Now, I've said before, if Trey wanted out, he'd probably get out because stars seem to get out. The only guy in recent memory that didn't get out was KD, and KD had four years left. And KD, with due respect, and to guess Trey, how much, how many years? Hold on, but guess how many years Trey Young? Trey, Trey ain't going nowhere. Let, let, it, let me be clear here. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Trey, people need to understand. Um, if you watched, so uh, HBO and HBO Max, uh, Bomani Jones got a his second season of Game Theory came on. He actually talked about the player empowerment era, where. Players don't really have that much actual power. They have they they have what we call leverage yeah, during true. certain situations. Trey Young has leverage over the Hawks organization. That's why he's able to get stuff to go his way. Typically, he doesn't have power. All right, Tony yeah, Russell like, has power. Yeah, I mean Trey, Trey has. Young, Trey, Trey Young has... can ask out. Trey Young can ask out. Tony Russell gonna look at the contract that he's got <laughs> him under, how much yeah. he's paying him, and he's gonna tell him, "Uh, you suiting up next year." We got I, season tickets to sell, buddy. I, I think Trey Young ain't got no power I over do the Hawks organization. No, yeah, I, it's more. Yeah, it's a good. I haven't seen that. The power versus leverage thing is an interesting way to put it because he, he definitely has leverage, and Trey's got a voice. He does have leverage. And and he's he reportedly cl- he's reportedly close to Nick Wrestler, which is best friends, probably no, a big important I, thing. I, I, I um, say that. I didn't. No, they're that. not. They're not best friends. Uh, but anyway, it's just one of those things where like. I've tried not to even go down go, go down that rabbit hole because it's not worth it. Trey's going to be here. Trey's the franchise player. It's not he's worth got no talking wor- about. He, he has no leverage. He has no leverage. It's not it, even worth discussing. It, it, like, it is what it is. But like going back to what I was saying before that, when you have an established star, and by the way, I don't know if it's all in, but the Hawks were mostly in preseason. Like you don't you don't go trade three picks for Dejounte Murray with Trey on the roster and then be like, Oh, by the way, guys, now we're going to retool and take and take a step back. That's not um, happening. They're not doing that. I mean, yeah, I'm a big proponent of living in reality. Generally speaking on these conversations, like there's the hypothetical conversation and then there's the reality conversation with regard to players and trades and like rosters and all that stuff. And like, you have to, it's different when you're close to a team, I think, and you watch the same team all, all the time you have to understand the reality of, like, of the situation and that I would be, I would fall out of this chair if the Hawks took a step back on purpose. Now no. you and I agree that if they trade John Collins, they're probably going to get worse. Now that's not the same thing. Trading John Collins getting worse is that is them looking at their books and being like, Oh, we don't want to pay. We, we're worried about our books long-term. That was the Kevin Herter trade, which made them worse, which we, which you and I called in the moment. We were right about that. But that's not the same thing as like actively being like, you know what, we're going to sell at the deadline. Nah, selling would be trading Capella. Um, yeah, trading Capella or fine. yeah, no, actually, that might be the you're right. That might be the clearest distillation. I mean, the clearest? short of short of short of like trading Murray, which they're not going to do, um, would be because Capella is the only guy on the roster outside of Trey and Dejounte who um, is like kind of universally agreed on what he is. Like they, they just paid Hunter 
Obviously, they're not going to trade Hunter. He's poison-pilled, all that stuff. Hunter's kind of off the table. Collins is polarizing. We think he's good. Um, he he's Everybody thinks he's good. There's different, different levels of what he is. Capella is a veteran on a solid contract for a long while. And if you watch this team for more than five minutes, you know if they trade Capella, they get so much worse. And there's no, there's no wiggle room. Like unless unless they trade him for somebody who can do seventy percent of what Clint Capella can do, like, which, right, they, which know, they maybe if, do. If, I mean, if, if they were to trade Capella for a younger Capella, I was gonna say like who's worse? It's different. It's a different player, but like I could see a deal like like you trade him Clippers for like Zubat or something else, something like that. It's like he's worse than Capella, but you know what I mean? Like that kind of player. Yeah, but like I mean, player. you want you win. The but step you won't do back, that. Like, like it's the Steven Adams for Jonas Valanciunas. Right, a different, a different, that's what a I'm different player. About, where yeah, it's a different but, player. You're right, but that, that's the sell move. You're right. Like, I that's think not that, that's not a sell. But yeah, no, I'm talking about if they, be, if they were to trade Capella, they, that's so that's they a would long-term. be trying to maximize Capella's assets. That's and that's a long and that's a long term move too. That's a all right. We know we haven't. We know we used the number six overall pick on, on a Neka Kongwu, and he's gonna have to start at some point, etc. So. We said a lot of things. I, I I don't know what to expect. I'll I'll do a podcast anytime I hear something or anything is reported in the next two weeks. Um, I think that they are decently likely to do something, like something small or something with John or Bogey. But I think anything beyond that, like if if they do a trade, here's one here's here's, here's one thing I'll ask you. Tyler. If they do a trade that does not include one of John Bogey or Justin Holiday, I'll be surprised. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like if they do if they do a bigger trade than that, I'll be surprised. Um, or a different trade than that, even because like those are obviously the three guys that everyone's talking about being available. You know, everybody's available outside of trade for the right price, but it, like really available is Collins, Bogey because of the contract and because of AJ and Holiday just for the salary match. Because if you look at the, if you look at the books. The only player making more than $5 million this year for the Hawks that they don't desperately need is Justin Holiday. All their good players are making more than that, other than AJ and Jalen. And all of their, like, a lot of teams have, like, a have a veteran that that's not playing making $12 million. That guy doesn't exist for the Hawks. Justin Holiday is the only guy on the team that makes more than the minimum that's a veteran that's not that's not playing. So like he's the only guy to circle on that on that trade chart. Like that's that's how NBA trades work. Like most of the time, it's one team sending either bad salary or expiring salary or picks to the other team for players. And the Hawks, if they're going to buy, the only dead salary they have is Justin. That's it. Or like throw-ins. Like Kaminsky's making the minimum. Like you might have to do that to make salary work, but he doesn't actually like move you in a trade. It's just yeah, what it is. There's a whole there's a whole other bogey thing we can talk about in, in the future. We don't have to do it now. But uh, whether bogey opts in is a question that I get all the time, and I don't have the answer for you. I think he probably does at this point because the knee is problematic. But it's only eighteen million, and 18, 18 million in the current landscape is not that much money. Yeah. He might opt out. He that might, might opt out. Yeah, he might actually opt out. Like so, there, there's actually a decent conversation but, to have with bogey. But I will say, what well, in the in the I don't know if you actually want to know how you feel with this. Um, in the excitement about AJ, which is warranted, there's this movement now to just like send Bogey to Siberia, and I, I get why he's not playing very well. But like they need Bogey, man, they need him. Bogey's fine. It's just I, under a different. <laughs> Here we go again. You know, We're back. It, 
you know, maybe you wouldn't play Bokey 19 straight minutes when he's got it going just because he has it going, like in a quarter, like in a basketball game with his knee problems. Like, I I, I feel like Bogey, like the Hawks could probably do a better job of protecting him, like against Agreed. certain bad matchups where you know. Yep. It's what they also didn't do with Gallinari last year as well. Where Correct. Now, Grant Gallinari, it should have been some games where Gallinari just, you're just not going to play him. Like that's what should have happened, but that. Well, and now they're and never going to do and stuff. And this year they can't really do it with. I mean, other than a back to back. Yeah, they, they I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying not play Bogey, but I'm yeah. like maybe play like less. play him less. Understand, hey, we really need but a, it, AJ and or, or, I it mean, is a holiday out there to stop the ball. Like, well, we and his, the thing about Bogey is that everyone that's watching the team closely agrees that Bogey is not moving well, and that's killing his defense. And he's not the same creator off the dribble that he was before. Maybe he comes back. Maybe maybe he starts feeling better with his knee. We don't know. But so far this year, he's not been playing very well. We all agree on this. The thing is, just because you ha- not, you have AJ in that role doesn't mean you suddenly don't need more shooting. Because like people forget this, before Bogey came back, everybody was like, oh, well, when Bogey comes back, we'll, we'll, have enough, we'll finally have enough shooting. It's like, yeah, AJ's a great shooter. But if you just took Bogey away, guess what? Guess what, everybody? You don't have enough shooting again. Congratulations. You don't have enough shooting. And we remember very well. I know Hawks fans remember very well when the Hawks were at their conference finals best. Bogey was always in the middle of that. The last two years, the second half of the season, Bogey was a huge, like top three or four part of that run both times. Like he unlocks their ceiling. Now that guy may, not, may never be back. He, like, he, he might be gone. Then he might be just shot. Uh, that's definitely in play. But as far as like, if you're hoping Still, as we finish this podcast up in a second, if you're hoping still the Hawks like can wake up, go on their I guess annual second half run annual and be the and, and, and be the five seed or something like that, I have a hard time seeing bogey. that if Bogey's not going to be Bogey. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think he I think he can get there. It's just it would require smarter management of your player. You know, just to <laughs> understand yeah. that it's an 82 game season. And, much and stop coaching as in like three game spurts. Like I'm I mean, I mean, thank thank God, thank God, Bogey got a, got a late start to the season. I mean, I made I made that joke during, while he was oh, out. I was like, well, maybe this, maybe this, maybe maybe this will save his legs a little bit because he's normally uh, gone by the end of the year, and then of course now he's being overtaxed, so it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. But yeah, I wish uh, I wish Nate hadn't gone like full tibs this year with rotations, but he, uh, he kind of he's has. gone full tibs by the way, guys. Like it's just full tibs, like it. Well, explain a lot of guys, a lot of minutes. It's happening. Um, except for our centers. Except for our centers. So. Yeah, the only guy he seems to be like reticent, and I think smartly, to be honest, to not push is Capella. Like he did. Play, well, also because he can afford not to, because he's got he's a got con- con- exactly. But the, the only and the only time that I had a problem with Capella's usage was the game Oklahoma missed this week when he had the he had the uh, the hamstring, and Capella hadn't played more than twenty three minutes in like two months. He played 37 minutes that night because they I can't had else. I couldn't believe I was like I was like, that was against the Bulls, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, was the Bulls. Yeah. And I'm like, Capella is playing way too much, right? What is happening? It's because they don't have a combo, and you know why. Okay, so before we get out of here, we should at least look ahead briefly to the rest of uh this coming stretch. Uh, I want to I want to get your thoughts. Um, you know, their schedule is uh pretty pretty difficult in the coming days. Um they have a bunch of road games. They have a bunch of um, it's like road trip stuff. Looking at the schedule now, they have one home game before the deadline, which is uh, 
just this Saturday against the Clippers. So after that, it's uh, at Portland, at Phoenix, eh, at Utah, eh, but it's a, and then it's a back-to-back in Denver, which is like the hardest spot in the world. So it's back to back at Denver. So, so yeah, it's it's uh no, it's it's Utah on Friday. It's Utah Friday, Denver Saturday. So basically, oh. that and and by the way, anyone that's in the tough. league, anyone that's on a team or for, around a team will tell you, the hardest thing to do in the entire league is play in Denver on the second out of a back to back, and that is happening next Saturday. And then and then after that, on their way back to Atlanta, they stop in New Orleans and play a TNT game against the Pelicans, who will have Zion and Ingram back. And then they, another and then Natty they, TV game. So, uh, okay. So let's say the next six games. I'll stop there because the first game after that is at home game against Phoenix. Booker might be back by then. That might be tough. But we'll, we'll cut it off. Next six games: home home Clippers at Blazers, at Suns, at Jazz, at Nuggets. Second second night of back to back, and at Pelicans. That is not easy. It's there are worse stretches, but uh, if they go three and three. That'd be a big win in those six games. I got. I got to be honest. No, I know Hawks fans will hate me saying that, but realistically, they're probably gonna be underdogs in five of those six games on paper. I don't know the Suns. Four? I mean, the Suns without Booker. Yeah, it's basically the, the two games on the, the Jazz. Road trip, I mean, I get the it. Jazz. The Jazz are winning, but like, no, I don't got the Jazz. softest front court in yeah. the NBA. But but going to Utah in the middle of look, they, they will lose that. Since I hold on, since I said that, I'm sorry. Since I said they have the softest front court in the NBA, they're definitely losing that game. I apologize. well, the, the the other the other part of this though is that even if you and I agree that I am not afraid of the Blazers, the Suns, or the Jazz, the Suns without Booker in particular, the most those, they're still they're still game in NBA history. There's still road games on the West Coast, and like yeah. West Coast trips are hard, man. Everyone, everyone hates West Coast trips, everyone. So, and then you throw the Denver game in, like that's a really tough spot. Uh, even this week, like the Clippers at home, they'll be well rested. But the Clippers have been playing better recently. Um, Kawhi's playing basketball again. I think he, I think he's going to play in that game because they don't play they don't play Friday night. So, uh, yeah, that's not easy. Kawhi's either. not playing. Kawhi's not. Playing. Come on. It's he's been playing. Play. He's been playing. Kawhi never I, plays I, in Atlanta. I can't remember uh, the last time Kawhi played in Atlanta. I was shocked LeBron played in Atlanta. Oh, you know what? You know what? Uh, they Kawhi's do, they not do, playing. Paul they do, not they, they do play in Cleveland the next day. Thank you. Thank you. So will will they on. punt on Saturday? Night? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I was wrong. Uh, maybe that'll happen. So anyway, I want to ask you on the way out. Let's assume they don't make a huge thing. Do you have any idea what they're going to do? I mean, I don't. But in terms of like performance wise, like we, we started with this, we'll end with this. The entire East, full stop. As long as they're healthy and uh, reasonably rested, I expect them to win the game. Like I, I feel like they won't be favored in Vegas, but I would think they're the better team until they get tired. Then they'll lose. Like that 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 Nuggets game, they might win. Either the Nuggets or the Utah game, or they might one of those games. They're getting blown out by thirty points. Put it in, put it, in, put it in pin. Like put that in pin. They're getting blown out. It's going to be bad looking. And uh, so the key is, they're going to have to win. They're going. They're really going to have to beat Portland and Phoenix. They're just going to have to win. Like I don't. I don't know how they're going to. Or do or Utah. Those, I mean, those those, those are the, those are the three. Yeah. I mean, they got to. I don't know. It's they have as to far win. as like, but even even beyond this stretch, which is pretty hard. Um, the Hawks, I think, have like the number, yeah, the number six hardest schedule in the league the rest of the season by winning percentage. Um, yeah, well, that's kind of tough. 
Um, as far as performance-wise, like for the rest of the year, I still think that there are only five teams, and that assumes KD is playing, that are, I think, like full stop better than the Hawks. Five. And that, again, that includes KD. If KD's not playing, then cross We're them including off. the next, and Nick, is Nick Clarkson that good, Brad? I mean, dude. Uh, he, he's not, but the, uh, KD is, KD was playing incredible when he got hurt. And I'm saying, if, yeah. if KD's playing, if KD's playing, I will defer to the Nets. Now, it's not to say the Hawks can't beat them because they can. But as far as like, they also have a five game lead on the Hawks. That matters too. But like, I'm not, a, I'm still, I'm still, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about this. I'm still not afraid of the Heat. They're playing better recently. I'm not afraid of the Heat. Brad, why would you say that though? I, I know I, you're I not a fan, that. but like, I always say that. But then Jimmy, every time they play the Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy decides to go ham. Like it, now, he's, he's just gonna make every thirty-five footer. I will he's say gonna get every call now. Like this is on you. I, I, like, I, it's I, not on me. I, I. That's true. I don't want to play the Heat. I, I, I will say the heat again. I'm not saying they want to play the Heat because uh, I should have said this before. I don't think the Heat are very good, but maybe Millen. But they play against, hard, against, against Nate. Nate against Eric Spolster and Jimmy Butler in the playoff series after the way last year went. No one wants to see that. So I'm not saying nobody wants to see Jim on a 15 footer, bro. Come on now. Uh, you got Jimbo. Uh, Jimbo his respect. The, the Knicks, not afraid. Uh, the Pacers now are in, are in the spiral that we all knew they were going to be in at some point. We're dissing Julius Randle now. Like, come on, man. Julius Randle had the worst playoff series <laughs> I've ever seen anyone have against the Hawks. It happened. Oh, man. He's still Ju- like, Julius it's so Randle. Funny. It's, it's funny, Brad, because that, that Knicks Hawks game, everybody nah. just spent. The entire second half doing the too small after after his one. Oh my god! The, on the, the entire was, second half. It was the entire second half. It was funny. It was, it was, that was honestly. That was, I'm glad. I'm glad the Hawks. I'm glad the Hawks won that game because it, it was there were some shades of that Houston game when they got real chatty and they blew the lead. Remember yeah, that? They were. Um, they were it, that that Knicks game was very similar. Now they they won that one comfortably, but they were very chatty against the Knicks in the second half. Um, anyway, not afraid of the Knicks. Uh, who else is there? I mean, the Bulls, eh, whatever. So it's crazy. I, I, I thought, I've yet to. Can the Hawks guard DeMar DeRozan Brand? I don't, I mean, I don't me, know. It'd be Show nice if they had to, to the I Chicago think, Bulls. I think if they had DeAndre Hunter, they could they could do a better job against DeMar DeRozan. No, the if Bulls, they don't have Hunter, the Bulls then no. are, the Bulls they're are, just okay. Are, are so, uh, and the Raptors are in a spiral. The Wizards? No Wizards love? Brad, come on now. No, come on. Uh, Moving on, they they got they got uh old boy from the Lakers. What's his name? So I think the Hawks are gonna make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. I think the Hawks <laughs> make the playoffs. Uh, it might be in the play-in again. Might have to get out of the play-in. Okay, I will stop. I'm gonna have to one, beat the Pacers. My one serious thing I want you to answer: What is the realistic goal the rest of the year on the court? Not trade. Is it is it just a, is it the six seed? Look, man, if they get the six seed, that's probably what they they should be shooting for. Uh, that's kind of what I think too. And I think that's what kind of, that's probably what Nate would say. People get mad at Nate for having expectations that he says out loud. They're not super high. Remember that? Remember that last year he was like, we want, we want to make the playoffs. People were like, wait, what? <laughs> you just made the conference finals. What are you talking about? Make the playoffs. And uh, the playoffs. they don't, Nate said that. Right. I, I tweeted out the quote and people were, people went crazy. I'm like, I didn't say it. It was Nate. He's the coach of the team. I didn't people, say got, it. people got mad at Capella saying make the, to the Eastern conference finals. He did say that and he got mad at him. And he was right. It's like, what, 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 what y'all want? What do y'all want from me? I'm, I'm um, just. This is a job, guys. You got to set reasonable goals here. It's a job. So that's what I'm saying. Realistic. Obviously, the Hawks want to win every game, but realistically, I think 
the six seed would be a great outcome at this point. They're only two games short. They're only two games out of the six seed right now. After all this, they're only two games out of the six seed. Now, on the flip side, they're only three games ahead of the 12 seed. <laughs> so, the so really don't have slim. to win. Like, the, the margins are slim. They cannot afford to have a bad road trip. Like, they just have to win the game. No, this is if they're if they're if they're healthy and they're rested, they have to win that game period. I, like, I am not. I'm not a take. I'm not a. You know me. I'm. I'm not a big like put too much emphasis on a single game or single trip in the during the season guy. They can't afford to go like one and six in the next seven. Like they can't afford oh, that. that. They, they just that, they can't do that. That era is over, Brad. They yeah. Don't, they don't have the leeway. They. They. they they're not doing that because Trey will play 48 or 48 minutes before that happens. So yeah. That's so the, that's and, one and of the, the only. Especially I said like the the tough. It's this is a pretty tough stretch. The only game on paper that I would say is like really bad is that Denver game. Every other game is winnable. And even that, obviously they can every- beat Denver. I'm not saying they can't win that game, but that that's a that's a spot where like they're gonna be a big underdog in that game. Every other game, they'll be coin flip or whatever. Like maybe New Orleans yeah, at their full strength and stuff. But even Denver Orleans, is a tough one. Even New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. So all I'm saying is like just be just take care of business here. And going back to what we talked about before, they this also informs the deadline because the deadline comes uh, before the Phoenix game. So the New Orleans game is the last game before the deadline. It's on TNT on a Tuesday. Can you imagine the takes? If so the if they win that, that if they win that game, no trades. No. Trades. If they lose it, <laughs> trade everybody at that point. Trade Trey. If that, I'm kidding. They're not gonna trade Trey. Um, all right, Tyler. We, we've done enough talking. I appreciate all of this. We're always uh, off the rails when we talk, but I, I do appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's been a, it's been a while. That's on me. I was doing some travel at some bad times, and we're uh, we're locked in again. I am. Yeah, I, 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 I was in Michigan losing against TCU. Uh, it hit you hard. I understand. I understand. It did hit me hard. That was that was that was not a fun day at all. I was. Uh, I mean, that was a situation where I was like actively mad in a way that I don't get very often <laughs> about sports. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I I'm a, I've been a Falcons fan for a long, long time, and like they broke me long. Winter ago. season. They broke me long ago. And, you know, I still have some investment in the Braves emotionally. I know I cover them some. But anyway, I, it wasn't even like I was sad about the Michigan loss. I was mad. I was like Tower Jones when Capella misses a layup in the third quarter of a game mad. I was like about to Capella throw my throw out anymore. the window. Don't disrespect Clint Capella. That's true. I love Clint. That's my guy. Uh, but I was yeah, I was so mad. Just like doing, just doing. <laughs> Philly, Philly special on the one-yard line, Tyler. Philly special on the one-yard line. Jim, Jim Harbaugh, man. Big Jim ran a full you. ran a fullback dive to a linebacker who fumbled on the goal line. Uh, just yeah. just the most maddening. Like Hawks fans get mad when the Hawks go to hero ball in the fourth quarter and score twelve points. That was like I was that day. I was like I cannot handle this anymore. But all right, we said enough. Tyler, what's going on in your world? Plug your plug your stuff. I know you, I know you got stuff to plug. You got TV. You got you got anime. What's going on? I do have anime. I don't know what to plug with anime though, because I haven't wow. actually seen any of the new stuff. I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for episodes. I like to binge. Except I am I am currently watching a lot of Inlands. I'm I'm watching season two of Inland Saga, which is incredible. So that's pretty much it. I'm Brad. I've been unfortunately I've been in a lot of training recently. So I, after work, I'm super tired, and I just go work out, and then I go to sleep. So I haven't really done too much culturally um that's going to change this weekend um but um i don't really have anything i I excited other than vinland saga if you haven't seen it see watch it it's incredible uh there you have it 
it's a historical uh, fiction. So a lot of those people, like it's about uh, Denmark, Norway, you know, Vikings, England. Like it's during the during the heart of the Middle Ages when uh, Canute becomes king. So like it's a very it's a very interesting time. You follow like you follow all these characters around. It's it's great. Um, I I can't recommend it enough. But sadly, I don't have anything else for you guys. Like highest I'm, I'm recommendation. Wait, I'm wait. I'm wait. I'm waiting on. I'm waiting on other stuff to. You know they should uh they should follow you on Twitter then if, if you if you allow them to follow you on Twitter I'm sure you'll give out some takes on there. It's I, not uh, my fault. It's not my ha- fault. Pretty much all of your non-Hawks tweets are about something that I don't understand, but that's okay. Some about what yeah, are you watching I mean, that day or whatever's happening, or or you'll be uh, talking about the Braves or something every once in a while. Uh, how about how about Zips, baby? How about the Braves? We're all we're all ready to go for the Braves. I'm ready. Man, Braves, are good. Braves looking good. Uh, from the projected, you know, they yeah, don't have a left fielder, but. It's you, actually. Uh, wait, I thought you weren't a Braves fan anymore because Dansby, Dansby left. You're not a Braves fan anymore. You going to follow him to Chicago? No. Your guy Dansby, Collin County Zone. My hey, hey, I'm I'm just happy Dansby got his money. I'm happy Dansby got his money. But oh, one, no, one, the more, Braves, one more the Braves uh, won me over. The Braves won me over. One more Collin County thing on the way out because we were uh, we're obviously off the rails. I got an email today from the G League Ignite that says. Scoot Henderson's jersey retirement is Tuesday at Kell High School. Let's go. So just want to let you know that. I want to let you know that. Uh, Lee Waters Road in Marietta, Kell High School. I got the, got the address right here. All, all, that, all that's going on. I, don't, I, 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 can't, I can't actually go to that because I uh, have Hawks. I think the Hawks play that night. Don't they play that night? Um, anyway, that's happening. So Scoot Henderson, your guy. I got, I got, I got, I, I got yelled at a lot for saying that the Hawks wouldn't draft Scoot Henderson. I, I was just talking. I, I wasn't I, even like that in. Brad, they would draft Scoot Henderson. I think they might actually. I have to think about it more they than they dra- might. Come on now. My 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 big only tone, point. Big Tone wouldn't draft yeah, the whole town. That's, that's kind of why I think. What are you talking that's about? Kind of why I think he probably would now. Big Tone. I was thinking in the moment. I think you sold me, but I was thinking in the moment. You, you were like, you were like, you were talking about. Well, they, no, no. we invested so much. In my own, my only home. point, my only point was Big Tone. There is literally not a team in the league that has invested more point guard than the Hawks. So, like, on the basis of that, you'd be like, "Oh, Scoot Henderson, point guard, probably can't take him." But then I realized he's from Marietta. He's really good. He's really good, man. I, I when we when we do some more draft stuff later on, I know I, I had Brian on recently. Scoot Henderson is really good. I watched a lot of tape on him about two weeks ago. Oh man, he's really good. Um, so yeah, I think that might take him. Physical plus jumper. That'll that get you. Uh, that'll my guy, my guy Sam Bassini, who we don't always agree, but I think Sam does a great job. But on the show, Sam said the other day that he thinks Scoot might be the best guard he's ever evaluated. He's. People need to understand. Sam's been doing this for a long, for a long, time, for, for a long while. He doesn't say, and he doesn't say he's not the high verbally type. He's saying that, not, so uh, not his bag. So. I was like, okay, that's that's something. All right, thank you, sir. I appreciate you doing this. We'll talk soon, I'm sure. As for everybody else, please subscribe to this podcast. Give Tyler a follow if he lets you on the Twitter machine. You can see it on YouTube or it's uh, at two x four. The man has a job. It is what it is. Um, follow me if you like to at BT Roland. We'll see you all next time.